no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, uh, we, the bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. Oh! One more time. Oh! One more time. to the Bears Essentials. On today's show, we recap week three of Bears training camp, and we dig into that game against the Chiefs. We got that dub, eh, dub? Ha <laughs> y'all see what I did there? Talk to him, bro. Yeah, man, I appreciate that W there, bro, because I tell you, man, that drive to the game was brutal. <laughs> yeah, and speaking of which, audience, A-Dub didn't get to the game until after halftime. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, you hit me up like, where you at, dub? Still in traffic, man. It's only one damn lane. I couldn't believe it. I was like, hey, dude, where are you at, bro? But you know what, audience? He ain't missed much because the most of the action that we're going to get into it later in the show came in that second half. So, hey, dude, when you got there, that's when the team decided to get lit for you. Man, I appreciate that, man. Hopefully, I gave the guys a little luck out there, man, because I was hoping that I didn't miss too much at all, Chris. But, bro, listen. It was a couple things from yesterday. It was a couple things from yesterday, Dub, that reminded me real quick how I would not be upset if they moved this team to Arlington Heights. That goddamn field yesterday was a travesty, for one. I'm sitting over here like them people that went to see Elton John last week, y'all ought to be ashamed of yourselves of what y'all did to that field. The Park District, y'all ought to be ashamed <laughs> of yourselves that y'all had a professional football team play on the field like that. Those guys could have seriously gotten hurt yesterday. That's my first point. And the second thing, Dub. That damn traffic. <laughs> yeah, man, definitely was terrible. Even leaving the game was terrible, man. It was just bad, just bad traffic, man. I, I don't, I do not like that at all, bro. Don't even get me started about leaving out of there. First of all, when I leave out of the margin deck, they forced me in this outer lane, and I knew when I was into that outer lane that I was fucked. So I get this <laughs> outer lane, and I'm like, wait a minute, that seemed very far away from the turn lane to get to the expressway. So then I get closer and closer to the to the to the uh, expressway, dub, and I roll down the window. I'm like, "Ma'am," I said, "I need to get on 55." She's like, "Oh, you got to go cut through uh, uh, McCormick Place." And I'm like, "Wait a minute, you want me to cut all the way back through the city again?" She's like, "Yeah, that's what you got to do." She's like, "I can't move these cones." I'm like, "You can or you won't." <laughs> <laughs> that's a good comeback right there, bro. She wasn't budging, was she? She wasn't budging. I drove back through the city. I was mad at the motherfucker, bro. Mad as hell. Man, I know you were mad, bro. But I think the only thing that topped it all off for us, man, that gave me a little relief was seeing the Bears win. Yeah, we got that victory, and it was good. I'm not going to let that lady uh, kill my spirit. I, was, I, I swear to God, though, if I ever see her again, I'm going to say something like, hey, Combs. <laughs> she got a new name now. It's Combs. Yeah, her name is Combs. She don't even realize it. Wait till I see her. I'm going to see her at the home opener. Wait till I see her. September 11th. I'm coming for you, Combs. I was like, oh, I recognize you. Ah, yeah, yeah, you do recognize me. <laughs> mm -hmm. Move them calls next time I ask now. <laughs> A-Dub, okay. So, you know what's funny? So, last week's episode, we did our recap week two. The next damn day. The next damn day, the Roquan requests that trade. Now, you, you and I talked about it on our Chicago State of Mind platform. But we haven't talked about it here on this show. So, audience... We know you guys have been dying to hear our thoughts on Roquan, and that's all I'm going to say to you guys. It ain't dumb. I want you to get in here when I'm done. Roquan, 
hire a real agent. Stop having your friends, your cousins, and all these other people calling around the NFL, gauging your trade value and all this. Stop having your friends, your cousins, calling around the NFL on your behalf. Stop doing that, bro. You're making yourself look bad, bro. You got people that's calling us, not even damn certified agents. And if any of these teams talk to you guys or your quote-unquote representatives, they're going to get a temporary charge because the Bears have not given you permission to seek a trade out. So real point. You're making a mess of this, bro. Listen, A-Dub and I, we love you, man. I want you to be on this team. But you're making a mess out of this whole situation. He got the fan base turning on the main dub right now. They turning on him. Yeah, Prez, they will turn on if he continue to act this way. Roquan's the same guy, Prez, who was like, oh, I'm going to be a bear. You know, when the smoke clear, I'm going to be here. And soon as things doesn't go his way with the negotiations, he put it all out there in the streets, right, about how he's frustrated with the team and all this stuff and request a trade. You're being a little, you know, uh, you want to call it in, in, what word we want to use here, Prez, but he's not being fair in this case here. You know, keep the same energy, man. You know, that's why it's called negotiation. You can work through it, right, and try to get the value that you want, right, the pay you're looking for. But don't go about it this way because now what you're doing now is being very disgruntled about the situation. So he has to be very careful, man, how you approach this here. And to your point, Chris, get a real deal agent <laughs> because this looks real ugly, man. <laughs> Because, dude, I'm telling you, he probably got his cousin over there making calls. Listen, for, for somebody that used to do that shit when I was young and didn't know no better, bro, Roquan, you a millionaire. <laughs> you can afford it for 3 to 4%. Just stop playing. Like, stop playing. Because this is your career, your reputation. And in this fan base, you remember last year, what were they talking about, A-Dub? Oh, Roquan. Extend yep. Roquan. He don't realize. This fan base is fickle. They will turn on you in a heartbeat. Ask Allen <laughs> Robinson about that. Ask A-Rob. Those guys will tell you just like that, man. And if, if Roquan doesn't get it together, Perez, <laughs> he's with the team or gone. He has to be careful with that. Now, and this is my only thing, too. I give a major salute to Ryan Poles because the day of the Fan Fest, which audience we're going to get into here in a second because you, A-Dub and I were present at Fan Fest. The day of Fan Fest, that's when Roquan wrote his letter. <laughs> and he was trying to appeal to the fan base. And, and I kind of – I thought the letter, while I got the basic premises of it, I was kind of like, bro, Con, what you doing, bro? What you doing? You trying to now re- – because you realize it's Fan Fest. And you realize all these fans going to be there. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm about to throw the organization under the bus. But it backfired on him, bro, because this is the thing. Did. You write that letter, you request the trade, but then you show up at Fan Fest. If I'm doing all that, I'm not showing up. You ain't going to see 58. If that's me, no. This man chilling on the sideline, talking to the, the media relations director. And I'm sitting up here like, Roquan act like he ain't just request a trade this morning. Like, what this guy on? I'm with you there, Prince, because whatever he comes down is a distraction. You out there on the field, you're there, you show up. You're, you're, your teammates, they out there trying to give it their all. And here you are on the sideline with this big old distraction. Come on, man. You can't do that to your teammates. Yeah, but you know what, A-Dub? I guarantee you that he got team, for the most part, I think his teammates are on his side. They want him to see him get his money. I want him right. to see him get his money. But Roquan, you got to be realistic. You can't be emotional. And this is why you need to have an agent because the agent is going to be able to decipher. They're going to be able to hear the messages that's coming from the organization and bring it back to you in a way that's a little watered down so it's not hurting your feelings, it's not getting you pissed off. Because right now, with Roquan representing himself, A-Dub, He's dealing with polls and, and negotiated directly. And he hearing a lot of shit that he don't want to hear. 
<laughs> right? That's a good point right there for us hearing what he don't want to hear. And that frustration from Roquan is coming out. Keep that on the wraps. Keep it on the wraps, man. Talk that through in those talks with negotiations, right? Behind those closed doors. Keep it there. Don't bring it out to the field. And also now you got to look at Brian Poles now. The point I was getting to a second ago, this man came to FanFest, got bombarded with the Roquan Smith trade demands, sat down with the media after FanFest. I right. thought it was amazing because Ryan Pace would have never done no shit like that. He would have hid. He would have had Matt Nagy answering questions about that. No. <laughs> Poles did not do that. He didn't throw Iberflus under the bus. Ryan Poles spoke to the media. He talked about the situation. What did he say? He said his intention is for Roquan to be here. He almost seemed kind of confused on why Roquan <laughs> demanded the trade. He's kind of like, wait, what? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Cut him off guard with that, friends. It did catch him off guard, but I'll tell you one thing. Ryan Poles is showing everybody in that locker room right now that, listen, he's not one to be fucked with because what did he do? After Roquan went and did what he did, Ryan Poles like, all right, cool. We remove you from the pup list because your ass can get out there and practice. You healthy. And what Iberflus said, I expect any of my guys on this team that are healthy to practice. Right. And they have all the leverage right now. They got you on the contract, not just for this season, but for next season. It's a team option. So, Roquan, they were dealing in good faith. You accused them of not dealing in good faith, but they were doing – they were dealing in good faith by even having the negotiations with you, brother. Come on, man. Like – Stop it with the BS, hire you somebody, and let's get this deal done. And that's what it comes down to, friends. Stop all the crime. But I got to say with this, man, like you say with Ryan Poles, he ain't ducking no smoke, man. He ready for it, which I applaud him for doing that. But from a Roquan standpoint, they got to handle this a little bit differently. If you did hire an agent, some of these things wouldn't have came out like the way they did. And like Perez is saying, they could have, your agent could have summed this up in a better state, right? Well, like I say, having it all the water down a little bit, that's all perfect there. But don't do it like this, man, because what you're doing now, man, you, you're making this all about you, which I understand you want your money, but what about the big picture, right? Long term, the team got to look at both sides of the equation, right? Let's just handle it the right way. And I'm quite sure when the smoke clears, you just might be here in Chicago. Yeah, I mean, you hear so much stuff, A-Dub. Now I'm hearing some people say that the Bears offered them $95 million. You hear some reports where they say that the deal was backloaded. You hear reports that they're saying that the organization is asking Roquan to do things that he don't want to do, whatever the fuck that means. I don't know what the fuck that means. That's so big. <laughs> yeah, the, point, the point of the matter, though, is that you have all these people that are outside talking, and you know the organization right now, they're throwing stuff out there because they're trying to gain even more leverage over Roquan. Right. Because Roquan made this public, now they're like, okay, fuck you. Here we go. Right, right. And he could be hurting himself by making this whole thing go public like this. Here, he did hurt himself. He, he did hurt himself. He did himself because the fan base right now is looking at him sideways. I'm looking at him a little sideways right now. I'm like, Roquan, you're making a mess of this situation, bro. We want you to be here. We love you. But at the end of the day, Ryan Poles is letting you know who's in charge. Absolutely. And you hit a good point with having leverage. I just don't want Roquan out here acting like Scottie Pippen. That's all I'm saying. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Talk that talk, Doug. You know, because we don't experience with Scottie Pippen how bad how mad he was when he didn't get his contract that he wanted. He wanted more money and all that stuff. And he made a big old fiasco out of that. I don't want Rokan doing the same thing, man, because it becomes detrimental. And at some point, the players are for you, but they can also turn you as well because you're dragging this whole thing out. Yeah, because you know how some guys may be looking at him like, because, okay, let's be honest. 
Look at a guy like David Montgomery. He's also in the final year of his rookie deal. David Montgomery showed up in tip-top shape. Yep. He's out there practicing. Now, we didn't see him Saturday because he's, you know, nursing a little bit of an injury. But the point is that he's been showing up to practice. He's been going to work. You ain't heard David Montgomery say shit about his contract. Not at all. He's taking like a man and working through that process. And another point to think about with David Montgomery, he pay, he plays a position. They dubbed this undervalued by the NFL. That running back position? Yep. They use and abuse those guys. <laughs> You're right. And he's not tripping at all. He's just like, you know what? Hey, I got to go out there and perform, and then hopefully, you know, everything works itself out with the contract. And I mean, a part of me, and I hate to even say this, man, but a part of me, which I hope that I'm wrong in even saying this, but I feel like, man, David Montgomery, they, they're not going to resign him. Man. I, I just I just feel like that Khalil Herbert is the guy that they got waiting in the wings. That running back position is devalued in the NFL, and I just don't see them doing it. Because David Montgomery, in their eyes, is like, hey, we got good – we got good usage of him, second round draft pick, but we may move on. That's the way I see it with uh, that's the way I see it with David Montgomery. I hope I'm wrong, but I tell you one thing: I love everything the 32 brings to the table. I've talked to this, I've talked about this on this show for the last two years. A Dub, he's the centerpiece of this offense, so important. I just don't know how this new front office feels about David Montgomery. Chris, you had a good point there, man, because we talked about Herbert and how well he's been playing, what he did last season. You and I talked about that. And then you add in there now Tristan Ebner, who's showing us some good signs here as well. So it's like, sheesh, Montgomery, you could be, you know, the guy that don't get resigned, man. But at the end of the day, I would love to keep him here too, Perez. We can keep him. That'd be dope to have two to three good running backs, man. That'd be awesome. But it's tough, man, when it comes to running backs. You already know that already. It's just an embarrassment of riches. But enough about the Roquan situation for now. Audience, stay tuned because I guarantee this week we're going to see a bunch of other stupid shit coming out about it. I promise you. <laughs> Because it's been a very weird situation, eh, Doug? You ain't lying, Fred. There's more to come, baby. More to damn come. But listen, I love the fact that Ryan Poles faced the music with the media, drew a line in the sand. We'll see if Roquan starts practicing. Because right now, they can start finding the shit out of him. And I, I saw the dollar amount, $40,000 of practice. And I'm like, Roquan was worried about 3 or 4%. You about to get that shit up in fines, bro. That's a lot of money right there, Prez. And oh. you ain't out there on the field playing. That's even worse, too, Perez. So now you're not dealing with the team, not playing, and you getting fired? That's just double whammy, man. That hurts all over. Definitely hurts all over. Well, let's talk about practice here in week three. So you and I attended FanFest. Had a great time out there. Your boy Money Moon. <laughs> How about that <laughs> damn catch? I know Bears Nation, y'all are like, oh, man, that was a great catch. But guess what? Your boy's from DBE. Now did we get that. And we not only did we film that, man, that shit went viral for our video. Bleacher Report picked it up. PFF, man, AW shit was crazy. I was like sitting over here looking. I'm like, damn, this tweet going crazy, getting retweeted all over the place. Our DMs, like, we couldn't even keep up with our mentions. I'm like, you know what? Let's just <laughs> let it do what it's going to do. <laughs> man, that definitely did go viral, friends. I mean, I had people hitting me up for everywhere. Hey, I saw DBE. Hey, look. <laughs> That is out there. So, I mean, got over, what, 500 views, 500,000 views. Yeah, I mean, I was going to get, get that right, Dave. There ain't no 500, 500,000. <laughs> yeah, man. And the thing is, it was a dope it was a dope catch, man. I cannot lie about that, man. The way you see it, you look at how DBE showed it, that was a great catch. Listen, I'm going to give all credit to Justin and Mooney on that. 
but I'm gonna give credit to myself because like I feel like I had the best angle. DB, we had the best angle out of all the videos I saw. We was right there with that catch, right there. Man, got a great view of that, Briss. Great one. So if you missed it, go check it out. But I will say this, man. When I, when I was thinking about the fan fest, you had that, which I thought Money Moon did his thing out there. But there was a lot from that practice that I was really impressed with. What were some of your takeaways from practice? Man, I was actually um, impressed, you know, um, with some of the, the, the offensive line. I thought they did well as well, Perez. They came out to try to do a good showing. Um, I thought the wide receivers also made a name for themselves too. They were out there getting some good catches. You know, I was like, man, this is this is awesome just to see the guys out there playing well. Yeah, for me, the my biggest takeaway was seeing Santos in, in pretty much in regular season form. I mean, he was automatic out there hitting the field goals, but I was pissed off by the turf. I talked about it from the game on Saturday. Yeah, Santos talked shit about it, which rightfully so. And the fact that he said that he has to practice on shitty fields to get used to playing at Soldier Field, I'm like, man, that says all you need to know about Soldier Field and that damn turf. Chicago Park District, y'all ought to be ashamed of yourselves. <laughs> hey, little friends, if that field is still a problem, which it was a couple weeks in a row, right? It's like, look, this is going to be ugly, man. This is why the Bears are deciding to saying, hell with Soldier, because you're the good point about the players. If they're not happy with it, man, that's already tough in itself. No, I, like I said, he's been the most vocal, but over the years, you've had a lot of people that have basically made their comments about the turf. I mean, we've seen guys get injured. We saw David Moore, the wide receiver. He mm -hmm. went off the field with a serious leg injury. He's going to be out for a bit, as Matty Rafus had to say about it. That's an injury that I'm sitting up here like, did that have something to do with that playing surface out there? <laughs> we already, AW, you already know that wide receiver situation is already tough because Nikhil Harry, he had surgery on that ankle. Yep. So he's going to be out eight weeks. You had David Moore, he's out. And that's why when you're looking at that wide receiver, and be like, ooh, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> but that's why we talked about it on the last week's episode. I said a guy like Tajay Sharp, which it made yep. me look like a prophet because will he go out there this week and do a practice? The guy was killing it, locked in. That game, that game, I mean, that game yesterday, two catches, that catch that he made on that sideline, great damn catch. But my thing is, we need some guys to step up in that wide receiver room, and you got a guy like him, uh, in addition to Equinemia and St. Brown, that are showing you that, hey, they're here to step up and to make shit happen. Exactly. No matter who's out there, Perez, that's when I will give those guys some credit for St. Brown. He's out there showing that, hey, I don't, I don't care who's here. I'm going to show this team that, hey, I'm ready to play. And that's what he's out there doing, taking full advantage of the opportunities. No, he really is. Now, one of the things that I have to, to talk about, because earlier in the, in the week, especially at that fan fest, the passing offense struggled a bit. Now, I will tell you, though, audience, when I was at some of those practices Wednesday and Thursday, Justin Fields, to me, stacked together two back-to-back -to -back really good days. I thought the offense looked really good. But in that practice, outside of that Mooney catch and a couple of other catches that Mooney had, I thought that offense, A-Dub, and that fan fest, yeah, it was okay. You know, like I said, mm -hmm. you had the Mooney play. You had Kodemi and St. Brown made a couple plays. But, I mean, I also got to give a little bit of credit to Justin Fields because look at the type of receivers that he's throwing to. No offense to Tajay Sharp, but he's throwing to Tajay Sharp. Isaiah Coulter, Simba Webster, David Moore, before he got hurt. You think about that. It's like, who he's, well, who's he throwing the football to? Of course they're going to struggle. Right, right. They are going to struggle, man. I think it's more of those guys going to have to either get better, you know, but they're not who we thought they were, right? They're not – I mean, most people already say they weren't 
this good of a unit already, right? So I give the folks that part of it. But it just shows that these guys are not the elite, but they are trying. They put in the work in, which I'll applaud. Whether it be enough or not, it's the fact that I do applaud those guys for putting the effort out there. I just hope that they will give us something enough to where we can sustain that where it won't become a hindrance. Right. Now, I want to give a positive, though. While I definitely think <laughs> I definitely took a shot at the uh, at the passing game, A-Dub on the flip side, the running game. And thank God that we're a run-heavy offense because I thought they looked really good. David Montgomery, that cut that he had up the field for that 15-yard game, I thought Khalil Herbert consistently against that second-team defense was gashing them. So Tuesday, I was really impressed by what I saw from those running backs. And even Tristan Ebner coming out of the backfield receiving the ball. Trust never, man, is showing us uh, the versatility press, not only the ability to run it, but also catching it, right? And I think for me, it's like, man, when that guy able to do both like that, press, you've talked about Haley Amor already, press, about him still being used in his offense. I mean, we see that, man. That's going to be dope because I like the fact of what he able to do. And then you got Khalil Herbert right there, man. Once he get that rock, <laughs> that guy can go, man. His cuts, getting to the outside, I mean, that's like how he runs. So it's just it's going to be good, man, to see these guys continue to make progress. No, I mean, that's a fair point, A-Dub. The offensive line is something else that we've talked about in addition to, you know, other key points from training camp. And I think that that offensive line is starting to solidify a little bit, right? So you got Braxton Jones, who yeah. I told you yesterday, I said, that guy's looking like our week one starter at left half. But you got him, you got Cody Whitehair, Sam Mustafer, uh, Schofield, and I think Riley Reef. I think those are going to be your guys. We're probably going to see Borum and Jenkins probably be your second string guys. While I think that both of those guys may be key parts of the future, I think the way that this offensive line is looking right now, I think those are going to be your five until Lucas Patrick gets back here in the mix. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like that for the five you put out there, though. But I'll tell you, man, the more you talk about Braxton Jones, press, you talked about him way before, like you said before, way before most people even talking about him. Can't even lie. And me watching him, I'm like, geez, this guy is really a stud. And to see it carry over even in – the game one, the preseason, he still was showing me some good signs. I'm like, man, this dude is a stud. So I like Braxton Jones, man. Would not shock me at all week one starter, friend. Yeah, he was, he's been solid, bro. And, and you know, one of the biggest things that I like about the guy, when he's dealing with the media, when he's up there at the podium, he's pulled, he's poised. Uh, I like the fact that he's getting those bullets in practice going up against Robert Quinn. I talked about it on Twitter. They've had some really good battles. Now, I would say Robert Quinn is a is a pro. He's on right. Gideon's. But I thought Braxton Jones, A-Dub, definitely was up for the challenge. And in some cases, there was a couple drills where I saw that Braxton Jones got the best of Robert Quinn. And so when I look at this, you got a rookie, fifth-round draft pick. I want to keep repeating that so that I can remember that. This guy right here, the sky's the damn limit. And that is the reason why I tell everybody, get off of Ryan Poles. Y'all want to talk all kind of shit about the players that he signed and how they're getting in trouble? Yeah, how about those guys he drafted? Look at this goddamn draft class. This draft class is so damn lit. We're going to talk about so many people from that game against the Chiefs, and these are going to be all rookies that Ryan Poles drafted or signed to this team as undrafted free agents. Put some respect on that man's name. I'll tell you one thing. Ryan Poles is making Dub a believer. <laughs> no doubt, friends. Well, I would hope so, Dub. I would hope so. Because this draft class is looking lovely out there. It's looking lovely. Now, before we get into discussing our thoughts on the Bears-Chiefs game, I just want to talk through a little bit of some things from practice. So we said a lot of different things that have been, you know, going on with this Bears team and offense. And like I said, Justin Fields is going to continue to be the most important piece of this ball club. 
yep. his development and just different things that he's going to be able to do behind the scenes to get ready for this season, it's going to tell the story for our season. But I'll tell you one thing, bro. In Wednesday's practice, I was really happy with what I saw from Justin whipping the football around. When he was getting some pressure, he was decisive in his reads. That's one of my biggest things with Justin, getting rid of the football, not holding the fucking football. And in practice, right. I'm seeing that evolution where he's starting to one-two, boom, let me get the ball out. Even if he's got to check it down, don't hold the football. And I've seen that from him. And I've been very happy with that. I think defensively, we've seen some good things in practice. We're seeing some of these young guys on the team really starting to, to show up and, and really make a name for themselves. We're seeing Kyler Gordon. We're seeing Jaquan Brisker, which we saw in the game yesterday. Jaquan Brisker was a highlight reel out there. But we're seeing it every day in practice. So the stuff that I saw in that game against the Chiefs ain't dumb, it didn't surprise me because I see this guy doing these plays on the practice field. And if you didn't get a chance to see, if people didn't hear what Prez was saying about Jaquan Brisker, and practices and what he's been doing for the past what couple months or so. Hey, you got some. You got a chance to see something that gets the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, that kid was everywhere, Perez. I mean, he was out there putting hits out there or looking to make hits as well. I mean, he's just quick to the football, and that's what you like to see from him. And then my only other thing before we get into the the recap from the game was, and and this was something that I really was like I liked seeing. And one of the keys that I brought up early in the offseason, what did I say, Deb? I said. Pat O'Donnell and Cairo Santos had a really seamless chemistry with each other. And yes. I wanted to make sure that that didn't get disrupted. But while I've been focusing on Trenton Gill and Cairo Santos, how they've been working together in camp, and those guys have a nice chemistry as well. And Cairo has not missed a beat. And don't even get me started on Trenton Gill. That football explodes off his fucking foot. We more than have a suitable replacement for Pat O'Donnell. So good luck at Green Bay. We got our guy. We got our guy. We good. We good, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> he looks good, man. Gil look good out there, Perez. I, I got to give it to, uh, again, Ryan Post again. And you're right, Santos is just Santos, man. I mean, he's ready. Santos is ready to play. And um, he has not missed a beat. And I'm quite sure we're going to see some great things for Santos in the season. Yeah. And, um, I mean, Santos is going to be a major key for this offense. I mean, this is a new scheme. It's a new system. It's going to be some growing pains for those guys. Justin getting used to his new weapons. So that's right. why having that type of weapon like a Santos – who's automatic, that's going to put points on the board. Now, I know people are listening to the show like, oh, Perez, I don't want to be hearing about no field goals. I get it. But what I'm trying to tell you is if this guy is going to be the strength of the team offensively, I'd rather have a guy that we could depend to bang out a, a 30, 40, 45-yard field goal than us punting, than us doing some Matt Nagy bullshit going forward on fourth down with a, a play call that's so stupid that it never has a chance to succeed. No. I want a guy right here that we can depend on. We can say, hey, you know what? We need yeah. this clutch kick from you. You can go get it. These games, hey, kick the field goal. You get the victory. Miss it, you lose. So, well, Speaking of Matt Nagy, can't see the Chiefs. They were in the building. They were in Soldier Field. Matt Nagy returned. I was looking down on the field. <laughs> I saw Justin Fields and Matt Nagy have a little moment there. And I give Justin Fields credit because he was very cordial with Nagy and, and so forth. But you know, deep, side of him, deep, deep down in his mind, he's kind of like, Oh, I'm so glad that he ain't my coach no more. <laughs> man, he's thinking to himself, like, I'm going to be the bigger man and go over there and say what's up to him. But he's thinking, like, you know what, dude, you, you did not set me up for success last season. I'm going to let it go. I'm moving on from it. No, he didn't set that man up for success. You know what I'm saying? Because, okay, I'm looking at it right now in these practices. I've been really impressed with Justin Fields. I'm not even going to lie to you. True. He's been solid, bro. 
And I know some people try to pick him apart, but from what I've seen, his short passes, the long passes, inside and outside the pocket, I've been really happy with how they've been keeping him on the go with the design rollouts. A guy like that with that type of athleticism, get him on the go. Let's see what he's got. You know what I'm saying? Now, he has missed some throws, but at the end of the day, man, I thought the kid's been solid. And going into this matchup, I was really looking forward to seeing how he was going to perform. But we got our answer. Justin Fields played for a quarter. I thought he was solid. He had the nice little sideline pass to Mooney. Had another one over there to Tajay Sharp. For the most part, though, Justin, you know, was, was he was solid. Yeah. Um, he made some, some good throws, right, when he needed to. Like I said, that throw to Mooney was, man, awesome. I mean, you can tell those guys been really got a good chemistry going on. It makes you want to see more of that, right? I'm like, okay, keep that going, right? And then also saw a little patience from him, too. We saw some of that going on, figuring out when to take off, when not to take off. You saw when he took off and got the first down, you know, put the ball out in that first uh, first quarter. You're like, you know, that's pretty good, man. So you keep that kind of a thing up. You're putting yourself in a good situation as a quarterback. And then, of course, you know, we saw when he got sacked. And I was like, oh, shoot. Who was that really on? Was it Justin Fields on the ball alone or was it on the offensive line? You can see from the offensive line standpoint that, hey, there's some holes that, that still got to be cleaned up. Right. I think it was Schofield who allowed that sack to happen. Yep. Yeah, he allowed the sack to happen. I thought Justin Fields also held on to the ball too long. So okay. I think the combination of the two. But, however, Schofield wasn't the only one that got blown up. I saw Cody Whitehair got blown up on a play, too. Yes. And uh, I'll tell you one thing. Jones for the case from uh, – Jones from the Chiefs. He's a bad motherfucker. And that's why <laughs> I like them having that type of early test because that's right. what you want. Because what I always say, A-Dub, iron sharp as iron. They're going to be better. Right. But I tell you, Schofield and Whitehair, they both got that treatment really good in that game yesterday. <laughs> yeah, they did. Got they working off of them that game, friends, which is good. Like you say, which is good. Now you know that, hey, so these guys come hunt, man. You know, so you got to be careful out there protecting Justin Fields. So we'll see how they respond, you know, uh, next week, whatever, but um, next preseason game. But the point is, you want to see these guys, you know, get better at it. But for the most part, I thought the offensive line definitely needs to get a little bit better. Yeah, I thought so, too. I thought Braxton Jones, he looks good, as I mentioned. I think he's going to probably be that week one starter. Yeah. He's been a guy, I mean, just in practices, man. I've seen not only the way that he's been going up against Quinn, but him and Dominique Robinson, and this is a guy that I want to make sure that I give my boy A-Dub his flowers. Because A-Dub was talking to you guys about Dominique Robinson as one of his guys had this training camp that he thought was going to be a spotlight player. And you were not kidding, man, because if you saw what he not only just did with this game yesterday, A-Dub, but consistently in practice, he's flashed out there on the field. And I'm telling you, A-Dub, I'm really liking this draft class by Ryan Poles, and I'm really liking this rotation that they're going to have in defensive end. Yeah, it's a good rotation, Brad. That's what I want to give Ryan Poles credit for. You were thinking like, oh, what, what is this guy going to do? Dominique Robinson is showing some of that speed, Brad, a little bit of that quickness out there. The fact that he's showing some things, giving some good signs out there in the first preseason game. No, he definitely showed some good signs. And like I said, this just goes, this just goes to show you, man, that, again, Ryan Poles, <laughs> he knew what he needed to do because – Going into this game, you had a lot of storylines. We talked at nauseam last week about Tevin Jenkins. Everybody yes. was talking about Tevin getting traded. You had some people here talking some stupid bullshit to me about Tevin Jenkins may never be on this roster when the season started. I'm sitting up here like they're not trading Tevin Jenkins. Right. Stop it with the nonsense. Y'all got to stop it with the clickbait. Just stop. <laughs> they're not giving up on this man. He's got a lot of talent. He's just in a situation right now that, hey, this ain't his season. And you know what? 
he can benefit from having a little extra season for another season. And you never know. A-Dub talks about it all the time with injuries in his league. You never know when his number's going to be called. Right. You never know when your number's going to be called. And it's pretty much continue to prepare, get better. And to your point, Perez, he had a setback, man, which is unfortunate with the injury. We knew was something big with that happening that we talked about. But, hey, it is what it is. We're here now. We're not getting up on the kid. We're going to give him a fair shot. Yeah. But he's a guy going into the game yesterday where people were kind of saying, Tevin Jenkins may be on the buck. I thought Tevin was so so Perez. I still see him come out there and get a penalty, right? Like already right. get a penalty. Um, you saw some of his blocking. You were like ah, in the run game, you were like, hey, you gotta clean that part of it up as well. But you can tell there's still some rust going on with him, Perez. He's still trying to figure his game out. Still trying to fine tune it. But it's going. He's going to need more reps, more chances, Perez, to continue to get better. Yeah, and as I mentioned, I think he's going to end up on the roster. But to your point. I thought that he looked a little. I thought he also looked a little rusty out there. I thought there were some times out there where I saw him. He was kind of looking for who he needed to hit, and I'm like, yeah. just hit somebody, bro. Come on, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just hit right. somebody. But that bullshit hit on Justin Fields, and they didn't call the penalty on. Showfield was over there as well. Rice and John, and I love to see that we got teammates that over here. If the referees ain't gonna put some respect on our quarterback's name. We could know we could depend on Tevin Jenkins and mix it up. He was not going. And I respect that, Tevin. Tevin's like, no, nah, you ain't going to fucking touch my quarterback, bro. Yeah, he's tough as nails, bro. And I still give him credit for that. He's not going to let anybody just hit the quarterback and get away with it, man. No. And seeing that the offensive line, some of those guys, like you said, were together, Perez, on that mission, like, hey, of protecting Justin Fields, that is a good sign because we ain't seen none of that at all. No. Uh-uh. We ain't seen that about. Yep. Yeah, we ain't seen that at all. You had stupid Jermaine and Fetty over here getting in the kid's face, which I know some people will tell me, hey, Tevin Jenkins just gave up 15 yards. Well, fine. You know what? We need to send a message to these teams that it's not going to be open season on our goddamn quarterback. And I know that's a meathead take on my point. I'll take it. I don't care if you get in the DMs about it. I don't care about the 15 yards. Our quarterback and his long-term health means more to me than the 15 yards. And if a guy like Tevin Jenkins wants to get in someone's face and let them know that we're not going to accept this shit, I'm okay with it. Now let's not make a habit of the penalties now, but right. I think <laughs> some I think some penalties I can live with. Yeah, I'm with you there, Perez. If it makes sense, man, you want to send the message, I can roll with that, those type of penalties, man. But you like you say, Perez, it's all about protecting our quarterback. And we gotta let it be known that hey, we're gonna do whatever it takes to protect them, man. And if the Lions gonna step up like that, Perez, and show that they are aligned with Justin Fields, they're gonna protect them. That's just send a message over to the officiating crew as well, saying, look, you missed one again. As usual. Right. I don't, know. I don't know what the fuck. I hate that officiating crew. When I saw the guys that was officiating in this game, I said, we're fucked. This is a terrible fucking crew. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They did not let me down. I tell you what, they, I walked away from them like, you guys all fucking idiots still. Yeah, because the thing is, Perez, that was a, like a, a hit that you would just think the officiating crew would call. Like, look, you saw it. <laughs> I don't care if it is preseason. Call it. Like, you are right there on it. And officials don't say anything. So, to me... It is uh, unfortunate, you know, for Justin Fields, and um, we need the referees to do their job, man. Well, I guess the only other thing I was going to say on that is you can't breathe on Tom Brady. You can't breathe on Aaron Rodgers, but Justin Fields can get hit in the head. Right? No, it's fucked up. It's bullshit. Justin Fields already sliding. He gave, he gave himself up. You don't touch him. You get the fuck out of the way. I wonder what would have happened if Brisket went on ahead and cracked a dude, man, when he slid. He didn't do it, nobody. <laughs> oh, he, he flew over dude's head to keep from making contact. And right. I'll tell you one thing. You talked about Brisker. That motherfucker, boy. We're going to get into it in a second. He had himself quite a game in A-Dub again. 
See, I was looking on Twitter and I was smiling because I was looking at all these people talking about Brisker, talking about Braxton Jones. They talk about all these guys. And I'm sitting up here like, man, I remember a show back during the draft that told y'all about these guys. That told y'all like, no, nah, don't worry. These guys are all going to be starters. We told y'all about Braxton Jones. We told y'all that Jaquan Brisker is probably going to be the best person in this draft class. And in that one game, in that one little half that he played, to me, I thought outside of a Sanborn, I thought the Brisker was the most impressive player on the field. And Sanborn's another guy that your boy Prez told y'all about. I talked to y'all about him in OTAs. So that's the thing. We may not be on Twitter bragging about our takes all the time. We're going to be on this goddamn show letting y'all know what it is. And if you don't believe us, go back to that draft episode. Go back to our OTA episodes. OTA episodes. The proof is in the pudding. Y'all know that your boys over here from DBE. We don't just fucking just make hot takes. Anything that we talk about is for film breakdowns. We were at the Senior Bowl. We knew these prospects. And that's what I stand on. And that's what I still stand on. I got y'all. Trust me. Man, you were spot on, man, with all the things you just shared there. And um, breaking down these players has been a joy, Prez. You know what I'm saying? And <laughs> you, you, it's, on, it's on record. So if you want to go back and look at some of our past, you know, um, shows and take a look at some of those, you will hear us talking about these players here, the Braxton Jones of the world. I mean, it's there. And I'll tell you one thing, they have not disappointed. So salute to Ryan Poles to, like, Prez point on this draft class because they, they, they've been very impressive so far. It's not even just Braxton Jones, not even just Jaquan, not even just Kyle nope. Gordon. You over here with Dominique Robinson. You were pounding the pavement on him. I was telling people about Tristan Ebner. I was talking to people about Trenton Gill. Like, this draft class is just strong or strong or strong. It now, is. we haven't even seen even what I thought Elijah Hicks was going to show some stuff here in training camp. We haven't even seen the best of Elijah Hicks yet. But I'll tell you one thing. When I look at this entire draft class, I was like, boy, if Ryan Poles can't do nothing, he sure can draft. <laughs> for real. We got to give him a lot of credit for that, friends. He definitely can draft. So looking at this game here, I feel like Tajay Sharp, as I mentioned earlier, he helped himself. Because I thought going into this game, he was on the bubble. That's Newsome, A-Dub. I thought he helped himself out a lot. The first half of the game, I saw people on Twitter disrespecting Daz's name, forgetting that last year they was all Daz, 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 this and that. Now, all of a sudden, this year, they're like, oh, they're writing them off. Second half, Daz, he reminds y'all real quick why they drafted him. As high, I think he reminds them real quick, A-Dub, why the last regime prioritized drafting him. Because one thing that I like about Daz is he's a playmaker. If he can stay healthy, yes. he brings a, di a dimension to this office that we need. When he came around on that on that on that on that wide receiver, I mean, when he came around on that reverse a dub and that speed when he cut it up the field, I was like, God damn, man! Somebody shot him out of a fucking cannon. Oh, they burst! Oh, hey, with that's this with that ball, like Press, he's a playmaker. I want to see more of that though, man. I can't even lie, to you Press. He kept me wanting more. So Daz Newsom, I want you to man continue to get yourself involved, continue to get better because we love to see those type of highlights from you. Yeah, and, and, and that play was cool, but then it was the touchdown pass that he caught from Trevor Simeon. And don't even get me started yes. on Trevor Simeon, because I thought Trevor Simeon looked really good out there, man. He was decisive with the ball. He was accurate, threw some really good passes. That is the type of guy that you want as your backup quarterback. And he right there, he is a prototypical backup quarterback to Justin Fields. Now, I hope I don't see much of him out there during the regular season, but if something happens, at least we know we'll be confident that he can get the ball out to the receivers. When he showed that, hey, he can play. He's a nice little backup. So I will say, man, if 
there's somebody who can back up Justin Fields, he's definitely out there and played very well in that game, Perez. But to your point about Daz Newsom, baby, <laughs> on that touchdown, Perez, that was a damn good route he ran, Perez. And, man, we saw speed on that play as well. Yep. Now, I know in that first half, he muffed that punt return. AW, see, you didn't get out there in time for that one. But they was, they was, the fans was a little, they was a little itchy and scratchy on that one. He lost about 11 yards on that play. And I was kind of looking like, come on, Daz, you can't be doing that, bro. You, they, they was trying to give you this punt return job, and you're here muffing punts. Can't do that shit in the regular season. Clean that up, bro. Clean nah, it up. Cannot do it in the regular season. He got a chance, though, for us to be a punt returner, right? He got the speed, all that good stuff, right? We know all that stuff, right? But you're right. You got to catch the ball first. See ball, catch ball, do what you got to do. Now, right. Jack Sanborn, second half of the ball game, this guy showed you he's a playmaker. Again, on this, I hate to be a broken record here. I hate to be the I told you so guy. But just go back to our episodes during the OTAs. And when you scroll through, you'll hear me talking about how I've been depressed during the OTAs with Jack Sanborn. And I said, don't be surprised if this guy competes and fights and gets a final roster spot. Because I think this is the prototypical guy that you want on your team in a special team draw. This yes. guy right here is going to be a nice depth piece in that linebacker rotation. I still, and I still stand by this point that I made, I can't believe he didn't get drafted. When he got to the Bears as an undrafted free agent, I was like, wow. I just was so pleasantly surprised. But I also think here, defensively, in that game against the Chiefs, he was a standout, bro. Fumble recovery, interception, seven tackles. That's Sanborn, man. And he came to play for real to show the fans and everybody else that, hey, he belongs in the NFL, man. You're right, friends. That coverage plate interception, I thought that was dope. I was like, wow, this guy is showing us that piece of it. But then also getting tackles on special teams. I'm like, this guy, man, is a player. He can play. So, Jack Sanborn, man, you making some noise. Keep it up. I'll definitely keep it up. Tajay, you keep doing what you're doing. Dash, you keep doing what you're doing. Because with the injuries to Harry, you know what I'm saying, it opened up an opportunity, bro. You know, you got guys right here. David Moore, you got guys that are banged up in that wide receiver room. Uh, we, we, we haven't talked about uh, you, your boy uh, Pringle in a while. But Pringle, right. he's banged up. So you got guys right here that are seeing these opportunities for themselves, and they're like, well, shit, why can't I get in there? I mean, we know a guy like Velas Jones. We know he's making a roster. He didn't play yesterday. So it's time for some of these other guys to step up, and I love seeing what Tajay Smart did in that game yesterday. I thought he made the most of his snaps, but I also think that Daz Newsom did as well. And it's going to be an uphill battle for those two. But listen, if you can continue to keep having games like that, you can continue to keep having practices like that, you're going to make that decision for the coaching staff even more difficult. Right. Keep at it. And I'm quite sure guys like, you know, uh, Sharp could make this roster prayers and be very interested in the season, man, and get some snaps out there where they can contribute. True story. I want to get back to Jaquan Brisker real quick. So I, I said outside of Sanborn, I thought the Brisker A-Dub was probably one of the most impactful players out there on the field. He showed you right there his DNA out there on the field. I mean, disruptive, bro. Just disruptive. He was everywhere. Those pass breakups. I mean, he was coming in with bad intentions, man. I'm talking about him coming down the hill and smacking people. I was like, good Lord. I'm just like, he just plays with just like an abandon, a reckless abandon. I love seeing that. Coming out of that safety position, because you know, you know, he, uh, Bojack, he don't play like that. And I'm looking right. at a guy like Brisker. I'm sitting up here like, boy, you are flashing all over this field. Yeah, Press. And you're right, flashing over the field, man. That is the guy that's knowing the football that he wanted to get that to that spot, man. And I was looking at him when he got in that back. But I was like, hey, look, 
Briscoe is the cow going to be everywhere. If you catch that ball up that middle, you better watch out for Briscoe. He's somewhere lurking and put a hit on you. So that's a guy that's dangerous. <laughs> well, think about that series, man, when he forced a three and out all on his own. That's one series, and he basically made back-to-back-to-back plays. And right. they asked him about that. And he was like, yeah, I'll remember that. That's who I am. And I love that swagger. Because he's like, he talks a lot of shit, but he backs it up too. Yeah, he is very confident in himself, Chris. And when you're playing with that kind of confidence, that kind of swag, and you putting the work in, you out there playing to your best abilities, hey, it all come together, baby. This show's on the field. Because that's why we brought him in here. I mean, let's be honest. We needed a guy back there that was going to make plays. We weren't getting a lot of that back there in that back second there. He's going to make plays. He's going to create take- takeaways, those big hits. Those are going to be things that this Bears defense is going to get back to hitting people, making impactful plays. And when I look at a guy like this, this is a guy right here that is a championship-level player. And that is why when I made the comment saying that he was going to be the best player in this draft class, that wasn't just me talking shit, bro. That was me looking at this guy, his intangibles, and realizing that the fact that we were fortunate that we were able to draft him when we drafted him. And I know a lot of people was like, Ugh, they drafted two defensive players in the second round. What they were doing? I know a lot of people went to get a receiver. I get it. But look at what we did with this secondary. I was okay with it. Now, I ain't going to lie to you. George Pickens was a guy that I won at AW. You know that. That's another moment yes. on this show that people <laughs> need to go back and listen to. Your boy Prez over here was pounding the pavement for George Pickens. I'm looking at what he's doing for the Steelers right now. God, he's filthy. He's fucking filthy. But – Enough about George Pickens. I'm happy with the fact that our secondary got the upgrade we needed, even though George Pickens would have looked nice in the Bears uniform, eh, dude? He would look nice in the Bears uniform, without a doubt, Press. Could have been another weapon for Justin Fields, for sure. Oh. But, but man, we already knew our secondary was hurting, Press. We already knew, man. Like, look, all we got is Jalen Johnson, man. That's it. We had, you know, I'm not going to talk about Eddie Jackson, but I knew the concerns about him as well. And we already knew, like, look, we need some major help out there the guys we had on the team last year just wasn't enough. So I am pleased with a brisket, you know, because right now he's giving us everything. And, you know, A. Dunn went out on record saying this guy going to be a pro bowler. I know some of y'all, okay, I'm real, I can live with that. But, man, I just see that potential there with this kid, man. I, if I in an ideal world, shit, we would have had all three of them. We would have had Gordon, uh, Brisker, and fucking George Pickens. But anyway, right. <laughs> we're not in one of those perfect worlds. So we, we, we take the hands that we're dealt, and I'm okay with Jaquan Brisker. I, I'm okay with him all day long because this guy right here, to your point, A Dub, if you felt Pro Bowl vibes, shit, why not him? You know what I mean? Right, right. I'm telling you, man, I can see it though, Perez, whether it's this year or the next one. See, give a little small little preview of that, Perez. You know, uh, in, in in a preseason game per se, you you saw some of that. You like, man, you saw the flashes, you saw the hits. You talk about that sequence. I'm like, look, this dude is is a player. He's a playmaker. He's going for that ball. He tried to get an interception out there, Perez. He almost got it though. He almost got that shit too. I'm almost like, this dude, <laughs> he's quick to that ball, you know, Perez. He's not gonna leave nothing out on the field, man. He's gonna give you his all. Yeah, he almost got to that shit. You're right, but I tell you one thing, boy, he's been a standout since he's been here. And I'm glad they figured that shit out with that contract, man, because I'm like, whatever that little squabble was over a couple hundred thousand dollars, you get that man whatever the fuck he wanted. <laughs> shit. <laughs> hey, Ryan Poe, let me get this out the way now. Mm-hmm. No, I hear you. So trust in that, man, Dub. Now talk to me about this gentleman because he had a touchdown in the game, and I thought this was another one of the young guys on this team that showed up very well. When I think of him, Perez, he's a guy that I think can do it all. 
I mean, I like him to kick off. I like him to kick off return. I saw his first kickoff return. I was like, damn, okay, that's impressive. Even got that in there, right? Then you saw him you know, run the football. He's like, okay, he can do some things with that as well. Then you also see him catch the football. Because I was like, Herbert, you had a couple of chances to catch a couple of catches. You dropped. I mean, that man ain't dropped no yeah, catches, you know? He had, he, had a, he had a bad drop. He had a really bad one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That to Abner is not going to get dropped. Abner want that ball. It's like, hey, give it to me. I'm going to make something happen. So you saw what Abner, he caught the ball, press. You saw what he can do. I mean, the way he can run the ball, the way he moves, how loose he is to make you miss him. I'm like, man, I like the way he – Runs so a kid like that, Perez, he's gonna be valuable to this team. You talked about it already, like, hey, stuff, he's gonna get some reps in, he's gonna get somewhere in this team, but yeah, he's gonna play, man. That guy can really do some things, yeah. And I, I think that was the thing, too, just from seeing him in training camp. A dub, he's flashed all of his playmaking skills, so I was just glad that the fan base got to see that in a live game because, like you right. said, to your point, running the football, catching the ball out of the backfield, him in the kick return game. Man, he's pretty much showing you, give me the rock and I can make something happen out there. And that's the type of playmaker we want on this team, friends. Hey, show me what you got, baby, because he's going to make the most of his opportunities. So looking at the second half of that game, Trevon Coley. Now, this guy's been in the league, defensive tackle. He came from the Titans. He He just joined the Bears last week, already making a strong impression. My man had two sacks, three quarterback hits. I had to look at the uh, at the roster sheet at the game, and I'm like, wait a minute, 79. I'm like, oh, shit, I forgot about this guy. We just signed him. He really came in there right away and was like, listen, Mario was junior. I know you hurt and all that, but I'm coming for your spot. Yeah, man. He's like, hey, don't y'all forget about me. So this guy on his team, but, hey, I'm trying to show you all what I'm capable of doing. So, yeah, he came out there, Perez, played hard, man. For a guy that just signed last week, that's the type of performance that you need to have. And you need to come in right away and make a name for yourself with your teammates, with that coaching staff, or with the fan base. Because I guarantee you, everybody now, they're going to be looking for 79 next week. Right. Exactly, man. Exactly, Chris. For sure. And they should. <laughs> and they should, man. 79 out there, man. Cody, like, look, dude, I'm going to try to get a hit on the quarterback. I'm going to add some pressure. I'm going to apply it, man. I'm going to show you all that. Look, you're going to recognize me when it's all. Mike could do Treadway. Another guy that I thought helped himself in the game yesterday. Now, he's a guy that's listed on the depth chart behind Angelo Blackson. But right. you, you saw he made the play right in front of us, A-Dub. That game still a sack at the end of the ball game or fourth down, huge. Yeah. I thought he's been very impressive in camp so far. He could push for a roster spot. And this is why I give Ryan Pohl so much credit. See, everybody want to see here, they want to talk about the missteps, but they don't want to talk about what he's done with this roster the depth that this roster has, the competition levels that this roster has. There's so many guys yeah. on this team right now, they're pushing the guys that are playing ahead of them. And you can tell it makes you a better ball club when you got guys like Michael Dutreadway, when you got guys like freaking Trevon Coley that's just coming off the streets coming in here and making plays. <laughs> and you hit it on the head, Press. You say creating that competition. This is really good competition. And you're right, that competition heating up. And you start to notice players, you're like, oh, this guy can really play too. So I'm glad. I like it. Got to give Ryan Poles his credit because he did beef up this um, defense and offense, right, to make it more competitive. Now, we've talked about a lot of positives. Was there anybody in that game yesterday, A-Dub, that you thought hurt themselves and their potential to make this team? I'm going to go ahead and pick them a little bit. DJ, um, Houston Carson, right? I, I wanted I wanted to see more. I saw some good players on press, but I wanted to see more from him. I think I saw some catches on him. I was like, hey, we need to see more. I need to clean that part of it up, you know. So I will say for him, 
some of the other players play a little bit better than them. So I'm like, hey, got to clean some things up a little bit, baby. You'll be all right. Okay. Um, for me, it was a guy, Matt Adams. I, I looked at him out there, and I know I talked about him on the – he's competing with Joe Thomas for that job. But I thought that he struggled in coverage in that game. I thought that this was a game where you missed having Roquan on the field. And I thought that Patrick Mahomes, especially in that first quarter, he kind of took advantage of that. Because if you look at that open, that opening drive, who did they go after? They went after Adams. They went there. Yep. So I know he's going to probably end up making this team. But I just don't think that it's going to help his – his. Uh, I don't think it's going to help his chances to be the starter at that position if teams are going to just sit here and just pick apart at his game like that. And I thought he was a guy right there that I thought did not do himself any – I don't think he did himself any favors in that ball game. Right I thought Patrick Mahomes did what Patrick Mahomes is supposed yeah. to Yeah. He went after the guy. Of him in coverage. I thought he did well, you know, of course, trying to rush the quarterback and all that stuff. Thought it's good to get that, but he missed several plays out there for his coverage. And I'm like, hey, gotta clean it up, bro. Got to. No, you definitely gotta clean it up. Another guy I had was Lamar Jackson. Now, this is a guy that I kind of had my eye on. I mean, he, he when, when I saw the name Lamar Jackson signed with the Bears, he automatically had my attention. But with the number of cornerbacks that were out with injuries, I thought that Lamar Jackson had an opportunity to really impress. I thought he had an opportunity to kind of make a name for himself out there. Um, with the fan base. And yeah. as I mentioned, training camp, he's been good. Um, but he's had his, he, you know, he had his fair share of struggles there in that game, especially with tackling. <laughs> Bro, True. he missed that playoff first and goal. I don't know, man. Yes. I, I just I just saw a couple things from him and I was like, bro, come on, man. <laughs> you getting these opportunities down. When I've talked about a guy like Tajay Sharp and a guy like Das Newsom, you know, a guy like Trevon Coley, these guys are taking advantage of their opportunities. Rice and John, he's been impressive throughout training camp. There's guys that are taking advantage of their opportunities, and I thought a guy like Lamar Jackson, I thought he could have done a little bit better job. For me, I'm like, Lamar, you got to step up. Tackling, got to make a tackle. Made a good hit, but then wrap the guy up. You know, you got to do that, man. You can't hurt the team that way. You're going to no. get there and get there. I saw that part as well. I saw a couple missed plays, you know, um, in coverage. I saw that as well, even though he got the tackle. But, I'm like, get the football, man. <laughs> you know, get an interception or something. Do that part. You're that close. Uh, but, yeah, he has to clean up. I did see one good thing about him that I would point out, Chris. He is quick. I mean, when he comes out to the run game, he's pretty effective in the run game. You know, so they run in, he'll get there, try to get there, close off, and cut off these uh, running backs, whatever, Chris, to make somebody make a play. And I, I like that part of it. But then again, you still got to get better in coverage. No, I do like that. That's, that's good analysis, A-Dub. But, you know, when he get there, though, he's got to be able to make the play. And like you said, like, he definitely yes. has the quickness and speed and all that. But you got to wrap up. You got to make the play. So that's hoping – I hope that that's something, though, that they clean up with him because, like I said, he's got a golden opportunity right now with the number of guys that are yeah. injured right now. So, again, the name of the game here is competition. Ryan Pohl set this roster up for a reason the way he did. So step it up because yep. the second half of that ball game, I mean, it was a tell of, of two halves, which is what we've noticed with the past with this team. But tell of two halves. The first half, it was kind of like a meh. The second half of that game, it was lit. You know, we scored 19 unanswered in that second half. The reserves got shit done. You know what I'm saying? Now I know a lot of people are going to sit here and say, well, Perez, Dub, that was backups against backups. I don't care. I'm taking silver liners out of that because these are guys that are getting reps. They're getting key reps because then the excuse would have been, oh, well, if these guys are getting done, they're getting done against the Bears defense or the Bears defense. You know, you're never going to be able to satisfy people when they see what they see out there. 
But my whole point is, is that I'm going to take away the positives. I love the fact that our rookies dominated out there. Bro, they did. The fact that every single rookie, you know what I'm saying, Trent Gill, for Christ's sakes, the punter. Right. He was great. <laughs> he did. Now, I know we were without Gordon. I know we were without Villas Jones. But every other rookie that was drafted by Ryan Poles or signed by him, in the case of Sanborn, all stepped up to the, to the play. And they did, Chris. They all stepped up. It lets you know that, hey, these guys aren't done getting better. They're going to get better from this, Chris. So the fact they got a chance out there, get a feel for it, feel for the game, get some reps in, they're going to be fine, man. So I like what I saw for those guys. And I think, hey, they're going to continue to move up, Chris, and get better, man. So let those guys continue to play and shine out. So I'm not, I'm telling you right now, man, this is not the last time you and I, of course, are going to talk about highly of those guys. And we'll be talking about how good they've been playing lately. So we're going to see better. We're going to see more. Yeah, I, th I think we're definitely going to see more because with that, I mean, one of my main takeaways from this game is I think that there's still plenty of room for us to improve, especially offensively. And I did mention this. While Justin Fields did have a couple yes. of nice throws to Mooney and Tajay Sharp, we know this offense still has a long way to go. You know what I mean? The defense right now got a number of injuries. They without Roquan, they without Roger, uh, they without Robert Quinn. And when I saw how easily Patrick Mahomes moved that first team offense down the field on us, that 11 play drive, I was like, yeah, I don't like to see that now. I don't like to see that. Yeah. So it just goes to show you that we got things that we got <laughs> we gotta clean up. And that's stuff that I hope that we clean up in time for that Seattle Seahawks game. Looking at film, which I'm quite sure these guys are going to do, right? These players will look at course. that. See yeah, what, of course. Yep. See what they did wrong and then hey. Fix it for the for later. So that's the whole point right there to get better from there. So I think these guys are going to make some adjustments on what they've done and try to get better and give, give a better showing in that game against Seattle. All right, Adel, before we get out of here, man, who's your player of the game from the Chiefs-Bears game? Player of the game for me, I got to go with Sanborn. I thought Sanborn was the guy that really just outweighed everything, Chris. Because first of all, he's a, he, was a, but he was the one that really stood out the most. Yeah, I mean, that, that's that's a good one right there. I'm going to get mine to Brisker. Um, but I think Sanborn, to be honest with you, was right there with him. And I would give an honorable mention to Trevon Coley, the way he closed out the game. But True. I would just say Jaquan Brisker, just as good as advertised. I mean, he's showing you right there that playmaking ability he's going to bring to that defense. I think that defense, once we get everybody back to full strength and get all our main guys out there, can you imagine number nine out there, boy, making plays? I – Feel like he's going to bring the best out of Bojack because I'm still waiting for Bojack to show me a little something. Bojack, you ain't showed me nothing yesterday. I, I'm I'm still waiting, I'm still waiting. You know, because I I kind of came for you in the past on the show, and I'm giving you a fair shake here. Me and Matt Eberflus, we're giving you a fair shake, Bojack. Come on, show us something. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing, friends. Brisket ain't waiting. No. Brisket like, oh, just take it off, baby. I got some things to prove here. I got to show the world some here. But I'm with you though, man. Bojack, step up, baby. Please step up. But I would say this, man. The last point that I have just as far as this game is concerned, this showed me while I'm bullish on this team winning more than the six games that a lot of people are projected from them. I don't necessarily know if they're going to be a playoff team or anything like that, but I think that this team is going to definitely win more than six games. When we get around to our winner's circle show, I'm going to have some stuff for y'all on the Bears, some prop bets. So just a little tease, but it's coming. Yeah, baby, I'm looking forward to the winner's circle, Chris. I really am. I said it before. I'll say it again. It was dope last season. Going to be dope again this season. 
Yeah, just A Dub now. He 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 get a little gunshot with the when it comes to the money. A Dub now. I'm telling you, now you see that you know <laughs> your boy Prince put some money in your hand. Now maybe you have a little more faith in him without going forward now. <laughs> he was gunshot last yes, season. He was gunshot. Yeah, I played the safe last season. Now I'm like, okay, yeah, I see now. I see Prince. Yeah, he see he see all this. He didn't have faith in your boy. He Adel's over there with his little five dollar bets. I'm like, Adel, what you win? He's like, oh man, I got like about 60, 70 bucks. I'm like, okay, that's cool, that's cute. <laughs> <laughs> hey, a little gas money, a little gas money. You hooked me up on that though, but man, I started to hey, I started to add a little more in there, Prince. As the season went on, baby, remember, I started telling you, like, hey, I started inboxing you a couple of things. Hey, you see this, bro? Hey, look. Oh, you know what? Up, bro? I, that, my apologies. Yeah, you did. Like, towards the end of the season, all this, he hit on some parlays. So, you're right. You did. You did. He started up the end a little bit later on. I think he started to see the wins keep coming. He was like, oh, wait a minute. He's all his formula work. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. And I'm look, hey, I'm telling you one thing. I'm going to make far more this coming year than I did the previous year. But just remember, always what I always say, hedge your bets. Hedge your bets. Yes, sir. All right, well, hey, Doug, man, this was dope, man. Look, I got to hang out with my boy twice last week, man. See, this is what the Bears do. See, I ain't even see A-Dub that much this summer. But listen, Chicago Bears back in town. I mean, Chicago Bears back on the horizon, which means they're going to be at Soldier Fields, which means the DBE boys are going to be in the building. So stay tuned, audience. We're going to keep that content coming for you guys. We're going to keep the videos coming. Man, so dope that we hit five, over 500,000 views on our Darnell Mooney video, A-Dub. I was proud of that one. More to come. Definitely more to come on that, man. And um, hey, just want you all the fans out there, hey, continue checking us out, man. It's always a pleasure having you all check us out. It's a blessing. But man, lot on the horizon, like Fraser saying, you know. And we'll be talking back to you guys again at the end of the week when we do our recap of training camp and we'll do our recap of the Seahawks game. Unless uh, Roquan Smith has some weirdo shit that happens and we have to do an emergency pod. <laughs> but as of now, that's kind of our plan of attack here, A-Dub. Yes, sir. I'm with you there, Briz. <laughs> <laughs> well, audience, we appreciate you guys, as always, for helping us become a top-tier Chicago Bears podcast. We appreciate y'all, but we are out. <laughs>